welcome to another episode of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Sobolewski, and your time is valuable. That's why I'm doing these brief episodes under the umbrella of briefs that will focus on distinct clinical topics that I'll hope to get through as quickly as possible. This one is on cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. If you hang around at ED long enough, you're gonna see it. And let's face it, cannabis use is common, and its potency has been increasing. It's probably two to three times more potent now than it was 20 years ago. And cannabis is associated with a variant of cyclic vomiting syndrome. It was first described in 2004, back when I started residency, and we're still trying to understand the pathophysiology of it, but the nausea cycle and the vomiting cycle gets triggered by habitual cannabis use. And often patients will go to the ED presenting for symptom relief. And these patients can get lots of lab works and therapeutics and interventions. So the key to figuring out whether or not this is going on is to take a good history. And how often are patients using marijuana is the key question. And it doesn't matter if it's natural or synthetic versions, both can cause cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. So generally, you're using it more than four times a week on average, and you've been using it for greater than a year since the onset of symptoms. And these symptoms are broad and can include nausea and vomiting, abdominal pain, resolution with cessation of marijuana use, but I've seen many patients that say, well, I smoke to help with my nausea, symptom relief with hot showers and baths. That's an interesting one. Patients sometimes have lost weight or look dehydrated. They can often be worse in the morning, and they will have normal bowel habits, And if they've had a previous workup, there's probably no radiographic laboratory or even like GI endoscope abnormalities noted. Generally, there's felt to be three phases. Prodrome, which is nausea, anorexia, and vague abdominal pain. Then hyperemesis. This is episodic vomiting, diffuse abdominal discomfort, and this can last for hours. And then recovery is this slow resolution period. So ultimately when someone is symptomatic and they habitually use marijuana, it could be cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. And yes, marijuana can also cause pancreatitis and they could have co-ingested other substances like alcohol. So don't immediately jump to that diagnosis, but you're probably right if there's habitual cannabis use and you're honing in on this diagnosis, especially if you've ruled other things out. Interestingly, though you can use it as first-line treatment, the serotonin antagonists are not as effective in other forms of nausea. So Zofran on Dancitron is not going to work like it would if somebody had gastro. Dopamine antagonists like Haldol are somewhat more effective. This may give us clues into why this is happening. And other therapies that have been tried include benzodiazepines. Let's come back to heat as a therapy. So you recall that a lot of patients will almost compulsively or habitually take hot showers and baths, but they only get short-term relief. This sort of or potentially links to the use of capsaicin as a therapy. And this is a similar chemical to things in like vanilla, ginger, and cloves. It's the heat that you get in chili peppers, and pure capsaicin is 16 million Scoville units, which is a lot. Um, A red bell pepper is zero, and a habanero is 350,000. So don't get it on your hands. So in practice, you take an over-the-counter formulation of topical capsaicin. 
it's either 0 0.025, 0 0.075, or 0.1% cream. And they've also got a patch, which I haven't used clinically. And you apply it locally to the abdomen, back, or the back of the arms. And you can put it under Tegaderm. And though it can lead to local skin irritation and burning, so don't put it over sensitive skin areas, it can help resolve symptoms within about 30 to 45 minutes. It's really interesting treatment that we don't completely understand, but there's got to be some interplay between the cannabis receptors and the receptors for capsaicin. All right, so cannabis hyperemesis syndrome should be suspected in patients with long-term habitual marijuana use, so greater than a year and greater than four times a week. Often, they'll take hot showers or hot baths to get transient symptom relief. Zofran won't work as well as it normally would, and you'll want to turn to drugs like Haldol or Benzos, as well as topical capsaicin. This is why you should take a good history, especially an excellent social history, in her adolescence with recurrent vomiting. All right, so that's it for this brief episode of Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Pem Tweets if that's your thing. Check out the Facebook page, and if you want to leave feedback, you can drop a comment on the blog or leave a review on your favorite podcast site or even just shoot me an email. Any and all feedback is appreciated. For Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast, this has been Brad Soboleski. See you next time.